Hello, and welcome to the Make Money Mediating Podcast. I'm your host, Susan Guthrie, and I'm an attorney, mediator, trainer, keynote speaker, author, podcaster, social media influencer, technology junkie, consultant, and coach. And although I know that sounds like a lot, but what it really means to me is that I've found a way to make a living doing what I love and doing it in a way that lets me help others. So in this podcast, I want to share some tips and insights into helping you create the career that lights you up and pays your bills, whether that's as a mediator, attorney, collaborative professional, or really anything that you are passionate about. So I'll be chatting with some of the most successful and influential experts in all areas associated with building your practice, and I'll share my own thoughts and the lessons I've learned along the way. So come along on the journey with us and soon you'll have a practice that will let you make money mediating too. Welcome back to part two of our special two-part episode with Megan Walls, professional and executive coach who's helping us walk through the think protocol before you make big decisions about pivots or changes in your career. So first, thank you again for coming back, Megan. Oh, my pleasure. So happy to be here. Thank you, Susan. And I want to say to everyone, if you didn't listen to part one, it came out on Tuesday. And in that episode, we went through, Megan has this wonderful protocol. She calls the THINK protocol. Of course, that's an acronym. You know, I love my acronyms. We went through T, H, and I on Tuesday. So if you didn't listen, you should listen because those are the first three steps. Um, I'll just rehash quickly. T is taking time to reflect. H is honesty, getting real and honest with yourself. And three I is for information, information and gathering of insight. So that's where we left off in our think protocol. We're going to be diving in now on the N. So Megan, why don't you start us off on N? Sure. So N stands for niche. So as you're thinking about possibly creating your own practice, you really want to think about what is your specific niche, right? What's your expertise? And also who's your target audience? You want to think about what is the unique product or service that you provide? Maybe it's the need you fill for the target audience or a problem you solve, right? You also want to think about, as you think about your niche, what, what sets you apart from the competition, right? Your uniqueness, your differentiator. And, and really why, why you have to ask yourself, why am I the better choice? Why am I the better choice? And again, this is where your why kind of comes in too. And this really boils down to your personal brand, right? You want to have a personal brand because as Jeff Bezos says, it's really what people say about you when you're not in the room. And if you don't craft a brand, others will craft your brand based on their perception of you. And really who knows you better than you. So, and one of the things I do help clients work with once they've taken the time to think, right? They've amassed the, all of this clarity and information on their career. They've been really honest with themselves about what's next. They have the information and makes it much easier to really craft a brand and craft their brand statement, right? So that would be what niche is for niche brand brand statement. 
Yeah. And I know my listeners are like, oh, Susan, this sounds like what you talk about all the time with marketing and branding, but it's critical, right? It's a critical part of any pivot, of any career, of any attempt to, if you're working with the public, if you're going to provide services as we do, you need to have clients to provide them for. And so working through this process of branding, of knowing your strengths, of knowing your niche, of knowing who you are, why you do it, what problem of theirs you solve or problems and and why you're better. It's so critical. And it's really important that it's perfect that the N niche fits in into think where it does, because I think it's critical that you've already taken the time to reflect, been honest with yourself and pulled together all this information and these insights, because you said, who knows you better than yourself? Well, you, you do now, if you've gone through TH and I, but I would say if you haven't, you may not know yourself well enough to, to define your niche to come up with your brand statement, to really understand how to market yourself. Right. And so this is where I work with clients. I have a three-step approach to craft your brand statement. And really your brand statement is about two to three sentences that speak to the tangible value you bring, your uniqueness, what sets you apart. And it also kind of, you know, uh, describes your personality, right? Your character. And As you had said earlier, or a few minutes ago, Susan, it is critical to have a brand because there's so many amazing ways to leverage your brand. First of all, it's going to give you focus. It's going to help you set business goals, career goals, keep you accountable. It's going to help you market yourself. And you want consistent marketing message on your website, LinkedIn, when you're talking to prospects, when you're offering your services. It's going to help you promote yourself, network. I like to think of your personal brand as your North Star, right? That's what's going to keep you focused. And when that negative inner critic roars its ugly head, you know, and really challenges you, you can look at that brand, the brand statement to get you back on, on in focus and motivated, right? And it's a confidence boost, which we all need as we go through life day in and day out. So it's a must. It's a non-negotiable. You have to have it. You have to have it. And you said it's a couple of sentences. What I would say, my listeners hear me say this all the time, pen to paper people or fingers to keyboard. It is not just think about this in your head. This Mm. is an exercise you actually have to do and write it out or type it out, work on it. You'd be surprised because a couple of sentences is short right? That's not a lot of information. Every word becomes important. Every word changes the meaning of what you're saying. And so this isn't just a quick little, I'm a family law attorney who helps people have amicable divorces. That is not a brand statement. It's not a brand statement that's going to set you apart. Right. And, And so in working with people, you know, I have them go through five questions that really helps them just brainstorm on tangible value, your why, you know, what sets you apart, your target audience. And then there's several different drafts and edits, right? So it starts, maybe it's a couple paragraphs and then, you know, you chew on it, leave it alone. And then the together, because I love, I'm a wordsmith when it's not mine to create, I love it. And so let's drill it down And again, it's that North Star, it's that cape. It's got to feel good. 
and set you apart from the competition. Because again, why should they work with you? And you want to be clear, concise, articulate, and you want to make it memorable too. Yes. I think memorable is really important. I, I love that you work through this in a process, just like you work through the think protocol with clients that you work through the brand statement in a process. It's again, not a one and done sort of thing. And your brand may change over time, but knowing sort of what you bring to the table. And I will say for me, my brand has sort of changed over time because something that has informed it has been information that I get from clients about what it's like to work with me or what it's been like to, to, to have me come and speak to their group or do a training for them or something like that. And so I've, it's, it's interesting when you ask for feedback, I have another episode guys coming up in, I believe next week, that's all about why it's important to seek feedback, but working with your coach is also a place where you're going to get that feedback and input. And that's going to help inform you as to what your brand is, how you're different, why working with you is different than working with someone else. Right. Completely. And, you know, again, it's, it's, it's heavy lifting. And once you got it, you are golden. And as you said, as you change and grow in your career, you will be um, revising it. And I also want to point out that even if you're not changing, a bit, making a big career pivot, let's say you want to advance in your organization. You need a brand because your brand statement is always focused on where you're going. And that's going to help you have conversations with those strategic alliances in your company that can sponsor you or mentor you or help you become visible and get where you want to get to. So you always need it and you always have to be tweaking it. Yeah. Oh, golden nugget right there, everybody, whether you're making a pivot or not, it helps you. You said have the conversations with the people in your organization, with your network, with right. your colleagues, with other people. I mean, this is key and critical knowing that brand statement about yourself and and again how you are set apart for so long in my firm i was susan the family law partner right mm -hmm. that was that is not enough of a brand statement that helped me build sort of that niche or niche that i wanted to have i wanted to be susan the family law attorney who handled cases through mediation and amicable means and collaborative law and help people have a better divorce, you know, blah, blah, blah. You, you've all heard me talk about this, but I think that that's really important. This isn't just information that will help you pivot in your career. This is information that will help you advance in your career. Completely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing I wanted to touch on, just because it, it re took me back to my days of working with my original coach, you said this is heavy lifting. Let me tell you all just how difficult it was at first to work with a coach, because I thought we were just going to sit down, we were going to talk about business plans, and we were going to you know, follow a very you know, solid little business-like little path. And in fact, the first two or three sessions, she called them clearing out the head trash, <laughs> taking the trash out, kicking it to the curb. And it was, I cried. I had to dig deep. I had to be honest and embarrass myself. I mean, it, it wasn't therapy. I'm not saying that, but I had to get out of my own way in a lot of ways. And so there, there's work to be done here that you just can't do yourself. 
You need a coach. Kudos to you for doing the work. And to be honest, that's why I have a coach, Susan. I will always have a coach because I get in my own way or I want to be stretched and it seems, it feels daunting. And my coach is there to support me, guide me, challenge me, and most importantly, keep me accountable. Because if I don't have anyone keeping me accountable, likely I'm not going to do it. So it's a good investment. It's really a good investment. And I think we all need a coach. Uh, You know, that accountability piece is so important. I was, I'm working on a task force and I was meeting with them yesterday and we were talking about sending our document out for edits. And, and I said, should we set a date to have the edits back by? And everyone went, oh God, yes. If we don't have a a deadline, we're never going to do it. Right. You know, we need that accountability. And that is another part. I knew I had to keep my plan moving forward because I was going to be meeting with my coach next week. So, all right, guys. So we've gotten through T H I and N. We're up to K in our process, in the think protocol. We're bringing up the back here. We're coming up to the finish. What does K stand for, Megan? K stands for knowledge. And and it's really, you know, you've kind of come full circle and you ask yourself, do I have enough knowledge? Do I have enough information to decide what I want to do? And, or possibly what else do I need to do to make this career pivot or change or stay, right? And so it's really just, again, Do I have everything I need to know to make an intentional decision? So it's simple and just kind of straightforward. Yeah. And if you don't, do you go back to one, two, three, or four, T-H-I-N-N and 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 keep going? Yeah. You'll know, you'll know where you might need to touch base on again, right? Or, or if you're not sure I think I'm going to kind of move on to, if you're not sure, and you've gone through the think process, what I recommend is take action. Like I'm sure there are certain things that have bubbled up after, you know, while you've gone through this think process and my, the gift of taking action is I have four great reasons. One, taking action really, again, helps you assess. You're exposing yourself to this new experience. You're dipping your toe in it. Maybe you're volunteering. Maybe you're taking a credentialing course. It's really helping you, you know, in real time, real life, if this is something you want to continue to pursue. So there's, it helps you assess. Number two, when you take action, when you actually move forward in the direction that you're considering, you overcome resistance, right? Change is hard. Most of us don't like change. We like to be in control because our biggest fear is what if we fail? What if we look bad? What if we make a mistake? Well, guess what? By taking action and pushing through that resistance, that fear, you're going to get closer to finding out which turn. Do I go right or do I go left? And you know what? You never know till you take action. And I think once you you move through this resistance, it's going to raise your confidence and self-esteem. Like, you know what? I felt the fear and I did it anyway. I'm going to keep moving forward. And then finally, this happens so often and we forget that good luck happens when we take action. So we might think, okay, I'm going to go out this route and, you know, I'm going to do this, this and that, this step, that step. And oftentimes we end up 
going down a different route and things work out even better than we thought. So taking action can really help sort of seal this think process um, in, in whatever decision you're, you're struggling to make, you're considering. Yeah. I, and I think that that may be the most critical step is that taking action, actually sort of stepping off the cliff to do yeah. things. And I, and, and I think it's important to note, you can be taking action throughout your think process, right? If, if getting certified to be a mediator, say, is part of what you need to do, because you you realize that as you've been gathering information, et cetera, you can start that process of getting your certification. But if you're making a pivot or making a big step, so at some point you have to take that leap forward into the a little bit of the unknown, no matter how much thought you put into it. And that's where, for so many people that I work with, that's where they got stuck. And that's where they've been even if they've done T-H-I-N-N-K, even if they've thought it out, they are paralyzed by taking that step. Why does that happen? Well, it makes perfect sense that many of us are paralyzed when we're considering moving forward down a path we don't know what we, we don't know anything about. And, and it's it's fear, right? And I like the acronym fear, false expectations appearing real. So it's the story that we've gotten our head about, well, it's going to go, the, it's, we're in the what ifs, well, or, or we've, we've got a story that it's going to go bad, or what if this happens, what if this happens, what if this happens, well, actually, guess what, just move forward, feel the fear, and because 90% of what we fear never really happens, so you, you know, I guess, I like to think of it, when, whenever I've been afraid to move forward, and I don't know what this is true for you, Susan, but I, I get to a point where it doesn't matter. I, I really don't care. You get you like you detach from the outcome. You let go of the outcome, and you're and you think this is this is kind of again my mantra is when the status quo is more painful, it's time to change. So go forward. You'll figure it out. You'll be successful. It's gonna be okay. Because really, has the has the bottom ever dropped out? Likely no. No. Actually, the time that I would say for me, the time when the bottom drops out is when I don't take action. Yeah. And when, pro, uh, let's call it what we, I call it procrastination, folks. I can be the queen of it at times. And that's where, you know, because you let fear immobilize you or the unknown or not liking change or whatever these things are, that's where you really can end up getting into trouble. But you're right. When you take action, if you even take that one little step, and that's the other thing maybe for people to realize, it doesn't have to be going and hanging a new shingle or sending out announcements that you've totally, or quitting your job or whatever it is. It can be a little step of action. It could be picking up the phone or sending an email and hiring a coach to move you along on this path, right? right. You know, but moving. Right, a small step, small step. I think the, the other thing too is, the other, when I'm coaching someone who's really stuck and immobilized, think about, okay, it, it, where we are in our life, we've gone through many changes, you know, small changes, big changes, a lot. And, and, you, and, I, and I often say, think about a successful change you went through. What within you allowed it to be successful? 
right? And then you start thinking about all these inner resources you have, your strengths, your skills, your experience, the people that helped you. And then you realize, all right, you know, I'm just going to do it anyway, because I have what it takes. So it's really relying on yourself from the past successful changes you've been through. I like that as a tip, right? We so often catastrophize and, you know, you mentioned fear. There is so much in our minds as change is coming at us that, that raises up that level of fear. And certainly as a divorce attorney working with people for so long, fear is the number one emotion. I think people are feeling because of all the uncertainty in their futures because of that, but being able to look back on a time when you successfully navigated change and realizing that, yes, you can, yes. It's, it's yeah. happened for you and you absolutely can just in that moment of realization, there's a deep breath of, oh, oh, I, yeah, yeah, I got this. I can do this. Right. right. The other thing that's helped me too, you know, in, in thinking about past changes that I've successfully gone through or clients, the other thing is I have this little mantra that the opposite of fear is facts. So once you get the facts and lay it out in front of you, then you can create an action plan to move forward. So maybe that's what you're lacking. Maybe, you know, when you stop and, and just breathe through the fear and ask yourself, what, what more, what, are, what facts are missing or what facts do I have that can help me create an action plan to move forward? And that always seems to, you know, mitigate the fear. I was just thinking about the creating an action plan cap, our next acronym, create action plan. <laughs> but that's sort of, you know, what you do after you think you cap, you create an action plan. That's something that I know coaches do as well with their clients, right? Once they've taken someone through and that's another part, you know, just to go back to something we talked about a minute ago is the accountability piece as well. When you have that action plan, it's set out for you as to, you know, how you're going to effectuate what you've been thinking about all along to use our other acronym. And then you have that accountability partner who's helping you move down that path rather than procrastinating. So it's an incredibly, you know, supportive and supported journey when you're working with a coach, hard though it may be. Right. You know, and that's my passion is really to help professionals, you know, when they have a goal or if it's a change they're looking to make to help them be successful. Um, I'm that objective person on the outside. I'm going to help remind them of their strengths, of their successes, of their values. I'm going to point out when it's just a, a limiting story in their head and how true is it. I'm going to help remind them that, oh, it's just one small action step. And how did it make you feel? And knowing that, you know, your gut is always right, right? Because I, we, we all have the perfect answers right inside. And sometimes we just haven't hit the pause button to just listen quietly. And that's where all our perfect answers are in that reflection time, in laying it all out and taking action and assessing and how do we feel, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm wondering, you know, one last question, I think for people that they may be wondering, and, and I'm sure it varies, but about how long when you're coaching with someone, what, what how long, what does it look like time-wise? Yeah. to be working with a coach, say we were going through the think process and then the cap process. 
Well, normally when I work with clients, I, I like to have them to commit to either six or 10 sessions, right? And and that way it's like peeling an onion. And you know, that first session is is a 60-minute discovery. I want to get your history, your background. Let's set goals and let's talk about what might be limiting you, right? What stories or maybe even behaviors getting in your way. And then the second phase would be based on what you're looking to achieve. I would send you the discovery tools, a values assessment, a strength assessment. Maybe it's a 360 if you're a leader and you're not, you're getting some poor feedback, like, you know, really trying to give you the tools to help bring all of this to the surface, craft your, you know, brand statement. And then along the way also, you know, sessions would be then the, you know, the taking action meeting and how are you doing? What, what, what worked? What are you struggling with? How can I guide you and keep you accountable and, and move you forward? So, you know, initially when I'm working with an individual, it's six to 10 sessions. If I'm working with a corporation, you know, like a corporate client, maybe an executive or a leader, a CEO, you know, C-suite, six months, because there's usually a lot more to delve in. Right. So it just kind of depends. And and that's why I always offer a 20 minute complimentary call to just get acquainted and find out, hey, what are you looking for? And am I the right person? If not, I want to refer you to the right resource. And if so, let's talk about possible next steps. Well, and that sounds lovely. I bet the ears of all my listeners just perked up right there. So if someone wanted to work with you or to get a 20 minute call with you, what's the best way to do that? There's two ways you can reach out to me by on my email, uh, send me an email, Megan at wallscareercoach.com or go to my website, wallscareercoach.com. And Easy breezy. It's all there. So, right. And yes, Megan Walls. Walls Career Coaching. Yeah. Well, and I, that's a lovely, a lovely thing to offer to people. I hope that they've, everyone out there listening fills up your calendar with 20 minute calls right away. I encourage everybody to reach out. If you have not worked with a coach, I, I, it's just something that I cannot recommend enough. And it is, you know, as Megan said, she's a coach. She has a coach. I've had a few coaches over my career. I'm working with one again now. It, it has changed my career and in many ways changed my life as well, because if you're, if you're like me and, and I suspect like Megan, your career becomes part of your life. And because my career fulfills me in a lot of ways and brings a lot of positives that affect other areas of my life as well. And they're very intertwined because I love what I do and Mm -hmm. that I can say was created because I worked with a coach to find out what I loved and what I wanted to do and then find out how to be able to do that. And so it's been a wonderful journey. It's, I I really appreciate you're taking so much time to do two episodes with me to get this across. I didn't think we could do it in one. Now you all see why, but the think protocol and then your cap to create a plan is such a wonderful way for people to remember Uh, what they need to do, and if they need help to do it, to reach out and get a coach to help them. So Megan, thank you so much for joining me. Well, thank you. This was so great and um, such an honor to uh, be on your podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you. Thanks for listening in on this episode of the Make Money Mediating Podcast. 
I hope you got some great insights and tips on creating your dream practice. Join us every week on Thursdays for a new episode. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. And if you're enjoying the podcast, here's a shameless ask. Please consider giving it a five-star rating and tell us in a review what you find most helpful. It's honestly the best way for others to find the show so that they can make money mediating too. I'll see you next week.